This is the Darren Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz. I've been interviewing musicians, comedians, and all sorts of entertainers for almost 20 years. Joan Rivers, Flavor Flav, Paris Hilton, members of Guns N' Roses and the Eagles, and countless others. This show is about artists and why they do what they do. Welcome to episode number 32 of the Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz. I really appreciate you taking the time to download, listen, however you're getting this podcast. And on this edition, I spoke with Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge, Steel Panther members Michael Starr and Lexi Fox, and last and definitely not least, although she's the second interview you're going to be hearing, Britt Baker from AEW or All Elite Wrestling. And first up is my chat with Miles Kennedy from Alter Bridge. Their new album is called Walk the Sky. Miles is also the singer of Slash from Guns N' Roses' band. Plus, he himself put out a solo record last year. Plus, he was in bands before Alter Bridge. He really comes across not only as a nice and talented guy, but a hardworking individual. And something that comes up in the interview is the fact that he didn't really think that this was a full-time guaranteed career until just a few years ago. I mean, a lot of us will look at him and go, that guy's a rock star, he's touring the world, he's doing really well. But it's interesting to see that imposter syndrome even creeps up among really successful people. Hope you enjoy the chat. Miles, how's it going there today? Good, Darren. How are you doing? I am excellent. And going straight into it here, Walk the Skies, the new album. Uh, how long have that been in the works for? Well, I speak for myself. I guess I started writing about a year, just over a year ago for it. So I started writing in August. I don't know how long Mark had been setting aside ideas. But yeah, so we've been we've been planning on getting in the studio this spring. And so as songwriters, we did our best to make sure that we were prepared so we didn't you know, walk into the studio with no songs. And do you remember which song you wrote for it first, or at least which song was helmed in the studio first? For me, the first, the, gen- the genesis of it would have been uh, the riff, and uh, yeah, I guess the main riff for a song that ended up being Native Son. And when you're writing music, does it always start the same way? For example, is it a lyric first? Is it a melody first? Or are you the kind of guy that actually sits down with a guitar and says, I'm going to write a song right now? For me, it generally starts with the... Uh, with the riff and the chord progression and then a melody. So yeah, it's a bit, the, the, usually the, the, the chord progression will feed the melody and then the melody will feed the lyric. And in the case of Alter Bridge, do you guys have to be in the same room to write or are you the kind of band that emails ideas because you don't live in a, the same city, I presume? Yeah. So well, if this record, record, it was definitely demoing separately. Mark and I did because we were, we were on the road in our various entities. So um, we would get in the same room uh, on previous records a lot of times, but this, this record was more of an exercise in the demoing process. And I'd imagine that you'd written some of the album when you were on tour with Slash? A lot of it. In fact, for me, most most of what I brought in was written uh, while I was touring with Slash, yeah. Got it. And a lot of people say, hey, uh, it's like choosing children here, but do you have a favorite song on the album, Walk the Sky? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. It is like choosing, choosing children. Um, if you were to ask me today, I... Probably would say In the Deep is probably my favorite. And then looking ahead, given your busy schedule, because this is obviously not your only band or musical project, 
Do you know what the next you know year and a half looks like for Alter Bridge? Are you doing festivals and and lots of touring? Yeah, it's just a lot of touring. I mean, at this at this point, it will be uh, a lot of touring worldwide. Somebody who's been following you for many years, like myself, knows that you started professionally as a musician in the '90s, and you really started to hit it big in the early 2000s. So there was a lot of years of struggle there, and not many artists are in one successful band, let alone two. So that leads me to ask about time management. How do you manage to get all this done while still doing a solo record last year? Uh, um, I think just because it's really all that I've known for so long as far as being a musician and someone who likes to create. So, you know, I don't, um, I don't really have much of a life outside of music. So I'm, I'm, I'm working all the time on just trying to evolve as a, as a songwriter and as a, as a, as a, as an artist. And so it's, (laughs) you know, it's lots of time to, to, uh, you know, try and, create something and, and hopefully that you know ends up manifesting itself in these various projects so i think if i had children it would be different um where, where, where I, my wife and i don't have kids it allows me a lot more free time to to uh you know play around on the guitar well knowing a lot of musicians they usually have some interesting hustles when when times are tight when you know they're on the cusp of making it and a common thing i've heard is artists doing jingles was that ever in your repertoire of earning a living Oh yeah, I did. I was a session player. I mean, that was actually what I originally wanted to be. It's funny that life has turned out the way it has for me uh, from a career standpoint, because I originally wanted to be a studio musician and I loved getting in the studio and playing on various, um, uh, whether it was, you know, movie scores or jingles or other people's music. Um, I just really liked being able to put on different hats. And I think a lot of that came from what I understood about Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones, because they were session players and Zeppelin you know, is probably my favorite band of all time. So knowing that they came up the ranks the same way was really inspiring to me. And in terms of the jingles and all that, was it kind of stuff like Coca-Cola or car dealerships? Anything you can tell about that? Uh, no, I don't think anything that was that big to my recollection. Um, but we do have a lot of, we, at the time in the nineties, we had a lot of production houses in Spokane that would get like major, um, major placement with, they did a lot of TV. I, I seem to remember I played guitar on some children's movie that ended up being pretty big. Um, I honestly can't remember what it was. I think it was something about a turtle or something, but, um, but yeah, there's a, there were a lot. There was a lot of local work that I did, um, but some some things that ended up going, you know, I guess more on a national level. Well, fast forwarding a little bit, as I said before, you're in two bands that are hugely in demand internationally. Beyond the solo record, beyond all the you know the one-offs when you pop up on a Fozzie album and that kind of thing. I'm curious when you stopped worried about the struggle in terms of how am I going to make a living. In other words. When did you start to go, okay, this is going to be fine, and let's think about the next album? About a week ago. No, I'm joking. Um, I think the, <laughs> the, 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 the realization that things were going to be all right, probably mm, I, not too long ago. I mean, I, I've always kind of lived um, with the mindset that this could end at any minute. Uh, I never took it for granted and, and, and let myself get comfortable because I felt like if I lost that hunger that the work would suffer. So I always kind of put myself in the mindset that like, if, if the songs weren't there, if the performances weren't there, that, you know, the fans would 
go on to the next thing. So to make sure um, that I'm still afforded the luxury of making music, um, you know, always put my best foot forward and work as hard as I could. And so I think keeping that hunger uh, is, 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 is really important. But as far as really feeling like things are all right and that, this, you know, as far as the days of struggling are past me, I, I would say probably five years ago where, where it started to really feel like, okay, we're going to be fine here. It's going to be okay. And the way that you sing on all your albums is very different because some of them you're doing the high register things. Other times it's more guttural in a way. So do you have to do a lot of vocal care in general to keep up all those different parts of your register? Yeah, I, tr- I mean, I try to be very aware of how I'm using my voice. Um, I, I've learned over decades of doing this what my voice gravitate towards and what it doesn't. So I tend to try and keep it in its comfortable zones. Um, and yeah, I had a, some training, which definitely helped. I don't, uh, I don't drink a lot while I'm touring. I try to be aware of what I eat and, and how much sleep I get. And yeah, it's, it's one of those things, if you want it to work um, and do what you tell it to do, you, you have to take care of it. And I'm always, I'm always trying to do that. And on this Walk the Sky album, you do an old trick of having Mark sing lead on a song and you taking the chorus. When the song was written, was it clear all along that that was going to be the case? Or is it more the thing of Mark going, I feel like singing a song and you go, go ahead? Um, with that one, no. It was actually originally supposed to be uh, uh, sung by me. But I, I remember when we were in the studio and I was listening to it and I told Elvis, I, our producer, I thought, you know, this to me sounds like more of a Mark song. And I think it would be cool if we had Mark sing this. Uh, I, and originally, I wanted Mark to sing the entire song. Um, and Elvis thought that was a good idea as well. And then we brought, you know, brought up the idea with Mark, and he was totally down with it. Because I think he really, you know, after getting his, his feet wet fronting Tremonti, I think he really enjoys the singing um, side of things. So he was more than happy to do it. And uh, and then in the end, it ended up working out best that I sang the chorus because of where it was in, in Mark's register. So... Um, yeah, we've got the, uh, the old, uh, kind of waters rising approach that we did a few years ago. Um, and, and, uh, was the other song words darker than your wings where we traded vocals and the fans seemed to really like it. So, you know, definitely want to incorporate some of that. Did you know along that, uh, you were going to be making the album for Napalm Records because some bands, you know, have five album deals and others do licensing album by album, of course. Yeah, we knew this one was going to be, um, finding its home at Napalm. We knew that just given the structure of how we set things up a few years ago with them and they did a great job with uh, the last hero. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Right. Absolutely. And before you mentioned that your session player aspirations, a lot of it came out of understanding that Jimmy Page and John Paul Jones both had success as session players, but who were the bands or what was the album that made you want to start playing guitar in the first place? Uh, Van Halen one. That was the one for me. When I heard Eruption, it was clear that uh, the the spark had 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 been uh, created. Um, that that was it. That changed everything for me and many many other guitar players at that point uh, in time. I think uh, Eddie Van Halen uh, single handedly, um, you know, created a lot of an entire guitar army. Really. So it was never about Van Hagar, or is it just as long as Eddie was playing, that was fine. Oh, as long as Eddie was playing, I I, I loved what what uh, Sammy brought to the mix as well. I loved David Lee Roth. I mean, I, I love all that stuff. But that first, that very first record, was such a 
interesting point in my development as a, as a teenager, as a kid, and, and it was a game changer for me. Who are some of the bands these days that you think are carrying on that tradition of Van Halen and Led Zeppelin, if there is anyone? Well, I mean, it's different. I mean, I think that there, there are bands that are, um, you know, continuing to break new ground. And, and, and that's really what I loved about Van Halen when I first heard, and Zeppelin as well. I mean, they were doing, they were, they were kind of paving the way uh, for these, for, and it was a fresh approach that we hadn't heard at the time. Um, so you could say the same thing, even though it's, it's, it's very different from Van Halen or Led Zeppelin, but I, that's how I feel about a band like Gojira. You know, it's, it's, uh, it, they're, they're taking metal and, and really taking it to the next, uh, next stage. And, and it's such a, um, an incredible work. Of, I, I feel like their, their, their records and their visuals and uh, their production live now, it's, it's a, it's a, re, there's a real artistic element to it. So I feel like that's an important, they're an important band for the scene. And did being a fan of Van Halen lead you more towards the eighties metal uh, scene? Cause I asked that, I, I heard a rumor that you were a big fan of the band TNT. I don't know if that's true. Oh yeah, I love TNT. In fact, Tony Harnell's a friend of mine. Um, but yeah, you know, TNT was it was one of those bands I heard where I was just like, "What is that? You know, what is Ronnie Latecro doing with his guitar? How's he doing that? You know, this crazy fast right hand and and the vocals were great, songs were great. I, yeah, I love. I think TNT was still you know still is it's a great band yeah you never know when you're going to find american tnt fans <laughs> but <Right. laughs> but moving ahead uh you said that you know life pretty much is music 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 for you is there anything that in general that you wish people knew about miles kennedy um gosh i don't, I don't know i mean i feel like i'm pretty un i'm pretty uninteresting so i don't know if i really want anybody to know any anything other than the fact that i you know, sing and, and play music and play guitar. Um, cause yeah, I lead a pretty boring existence outside of that. Um, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing too exciting to report here. Well, a lot of your rock peers find their ways onto celebrity golf tours or they want to have travelogue kind of shows or podcasts. Is there anything in that in your life along those lines? No, I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm kind of a lopsided person. <laughs> um, uh, it's, it's just it's all kind of, centers around music for me. I mean, I have, I have things I'm interested in outside of music. I mean, I love architecture and modernism and um, things like that, but I have no plans to try and, you know, start drawing up blueprints for um, <laughs> you know, buildings anytime soon because uh, my math skills are not very good. But along those lines, some, sometimes I like to ask that kind of stuff. For example, the drummer of Korn, when I recently interviewed him, I ask, you know, what's the first stop that you do when you get to a city? And some people say, I check into the hotel and drop off my bags. He said, I find the sweet shop and the coffee shop. Do you have anything like that that you do as soon as you get into a town? I did the coffee thing for a while. I mean, I love coffee, but uh, it kind of messes with my voice. So I kind of had to back that off a little bit. Um, usually the first thing I do when I get to town is try and find some sort of healthy joint to eat at. That's kind of trying to just trying to trying to take care of myself the best as I can and eat something that uh, isn't going to, um, you know, have negative, something that'll treat me well, I should say, and keep the voice strong and all that. Uh, so yeah, I, I generally put my bags in the room and, and get online and see what's uh, nearby. That's uh, somewhat healthy. Life and music for you. So we proved that one. Exactly. <laughs> Great. So Miles, uh, in closing, any last words for the kids? Just, uh, 
look for Alter Bridge in a town near you, and uh, we're looking forward to get out and playing for y'all. Definitely. Looking forward to seeing you guys in New York soon. Thanks, Darren. Next up is my interview with Britt Baker, or if you're a fan of All Elite Wrestling, or AEW for short, you know her as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And that's because she's not only a top competitor within All Elite Wrestling, but she's actually a dentist. Yes, a wrestler and a dentist. So she shatters so many stereotypes. And we kept this chat short but sweet. But I think that you're going to hear a person that is very motivated in every way possible and appreciative of her success. I mean, to put it mildly, this has been the biggest year of her career because she was only announced as having signed to AEW back in January. So less than a year later, she's on weekly television while keeping up her great career as a dentist. And yes, she does tell you which toothbrush she recommends you using. So enjoy. Hey, Britt, how's it going there? It's going. Thanks for the call. Jumping right into it here. You began 2019, announced for AEW, and it's kind of being launched into the stratosphere really, really big. Was the end of 2018 really lax for you? Did you know to expect a big 2019? I would say definitely not as big as it is now. I, I'm always optimistic and always hopeful. And always, uh, I always like to keep the mentality that the next best thing is, is just steps ahead of you. Because um, if not, it's really easy to get discouraged and stay down on yourself. But um, I definitely did not see the being quite so explosive in my world, per se. And last night you had a really big match on television, which really was a big spotlight for you. Did it go as great as you hoped it would? I uh, sure did, because we ended up winning uh, via my submission. So I don't think it can go any better than that. And you are, of course, on the hunt for the world championship. What would it mean to become the world champion for the women's division of AEW? I was signed as the first woman for the company, so I was catapulted right away to the top just for that basic fact. I was the first woman signed to this company. But now there's a women's championship introduced. So now to be the best, you have to be the champion. So I don't want to just be the first woman signed anymore. I want to be the world champion. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Had you known a lot of the AEW people before signing with the company? Almost all of them, I would say. Yes. And which, which is so cool about it because it's like we're all just buddies backstage. And do you designate any of them as best friends or is that too personal to ask um i don't know about best friends but i i think definitely close friends like we we talk i talk with several of the wrestlers all throughout the week so yeah i guess you would say that there are some that are my best friends but um you have to you have to be careful too because you can't really trust anyone too much in a professional wrestling locker room right absolutely well where i was going with that is when people have a trade I find that usually their best friends are all people in the industry, like they only hang out with people in the industry, or they kind of go the other way and they say, this is work and I don't have anything to do with the people in my business because that's work. Yeah. So are you closer to just being friends with people in your business primarily? Uh, AEW is still so new and it's not that I'm not best friends with them, it's just that I'm still getting to know a lot of these people more because before, you know, you just see them at an indie show maybe once or twice a year, so to become better acquaintances first is, is awesome, um, but I have tons of, of friends in wrestling. My, my boyfriend, obviously, Adam Cole, is my best friend. Kelsey Green, Deanna Prazo, Rachel Everling, all with NXT are my best friend, and they're still my best friends even though we both compete on Wednesday nights. <laughs> So it's, um, but I also, you have to think I have two worlds too. So I have a lot of friends in the dental world too. And 
you know, I have to every now and then take a step back from all these, you know, quote unquote friends and have time for myself too, or I'll go crazy. Besides uh, Dr. Isaac Yankum, DDS, are there any people that straddle both the dental and wrestling worlds? I don't think so. And and if so, they haven't haven't come to the surface yet to claim it. So I'm going to keep riding, calling it my own for now. And in general, do your professions intersect in any way, or are you able to keep them entirely isolated? Um, Yes, that's a hard question. Yes and no. I get tons of wrestlers that ask me dental questions or dental advice or, you know, this tooth hurts, or can you look at this, or which product should I use? I get that all the time. Uh, I also more and more am getting some fans trickling in as my patients, which is good as long as that they're there to be a patient and to keep on track of their oral health, because that's going to get a little, little crazy if it's just fans coming in all the time, because then we, we can't get work done. So you can't do all play, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, are there particular products that you do endorse outwardly? People normally ask about, like, toothbrushes, and I'm a big advocate of the Sonicare uh, Diamond Clean Electric Toothbrush. I think it's fantastic. It's helped me. It helps so many of my patients that have periodontal problems or, or, or prone to cavities. So that's my favorite. Now, looking long-term, is your goal to be able to do both for the rest of your life, or at least for a long, long time, be a wrestler and a dentist? Or do you eventually hope to just be a wrestler? Uh, no, I, I hope to be able to do them both for as long as I can. And, and for me personally, that's why AEW is such a dream promotion that, that just came out of nowhere, because I am able to work in the dental office Monday, Tuesday, get a flight to wherever we're going Wednesday for Dynamite, and then fly back to the dental office for Thursday, Friday. So that is that is quite literally living the dream in my sense because it's it's my degree that I worked eight years for and the professional wrestling dream that I've been chasing just colliding. And um, I, I hope to do both as long as I can. With that being said, obviously my professional wrestling career will most likely end before my dental career because that's just the nature of the business. It's hard on your body, and someday I hope to have a family. So. Um, it, but that's that's just you know dentistry is a forever job. Wrestling is a is a now job, and I love it, and I want to capitalize on it for as long as I can. Well, both of those professions require a lot of study and long term expanding your mind to knowing what's the latest and greatest. Is that would you agree with that part? Absolutely. I mean, anything that you want to be the best at, any craft, you have to study. There and the the times are always changing. There's always new techniques. There's new strategies, and you really have to stay on the cusp of that to be great. And then beyond being world champion, are there any other goals that you have for your career as a wrestler? Uh, I think for now i got to focus on being world champion because that, that means you are the best. Well, is there life outside of wrestling and dentistry for you? And I ask that because a lot of people, they just have one job that keeps them very, very busy. So the second they're not doing that, they're at concerts or festivals or traveling. But you have a travel-oriented profession and a very intensive career other than that. Is there life outside of wrestling? Um, Kind of, but then I also have to be uh, in the gym training all the time because, we, you know, it's a physique-driven physique business. So we have to look the part. And then also I, I try to stay on top of the, you know, the latest and greatest dental techniques, so going to different conferences, different conventions. Um, but as far as absolutely non-work related, I love going to the beach. I'm such a beach bum. And because we're in Orlando, Florida, I uh, mean, my boyfriend, we go to Disney when we can here and there too. So it's always just a nice little escape to go to the most magical place in the world. And you're originally from Puxatani, is that correct? Yes, I was born and raised in, in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I did my undergraduate studies at Penn State University in State College, Pennsylvania, and then I did my dental 
uh, I got my dental degree at the University of Pittsburgh. And of course, the movie Groundhog Day is synonymous with that city. But am I correct That's that hard. none of the movie was actually filmed there? Yes, right. It's hard. I hate I hate telling people that when they ask me about the movie Groundhog Day. I think it was filmed in Chicago, actually. But I feel like I'm I'm always like the bearer of bad news, and I have to tell somebody that. Right. So everything said and all that, is there anything that you wish more people knew about you in general? I, I mean, I feel like I, I wear it all on my sleeve. Everything about me is, is within my character, within my gimmick. So other than that, I, I think what you see is what you get with me. And if, and if you don't see it, there's a reason. So in closing, Britt, any last words <laughs> for the kids? No, everybody just we hope to see you all at our shows. My shows are absolutely phenomenal. It's something where you have to you have to be there to feel it, to experience it, and it's one of it's once in a lifetime experience. You have to get to a live show. Last and definitely not least here is my chat, which was done in person in Brooklyn with half of the band Steel Panther. That's singer Michael Starr and bassist Lexi Fox. The new Steel Panther album is called Heavy Metal Rules, which is clearly a reference to the excellent documentary known as Heavy Metal Parking Lot. These two guys are hilarious, although, you know, they don't want to admit that there's any joke to what they're doing. (laughs) Uh, Parental advisory is advised if you're listening in below a certain age because there are some choice words put into this chat here. But the bottom line is they were a real delight to talk with. Thanks very much to Kevin for making this one happen. Looking forward to seeing this band on the road. And I give them a lot of credit. This is the first album, as far as I know, that they're doing on their own terms. They funded it. They're making all the business deals happen with all that. So not only is the band taking big risks and thriving as a live band, but they're also trying to do it here as a studio band. Heavy Metal Rules is the album, and Steel Panther, thank you so much for your time. Here with Steel Panther right here. We're in a beautiful bar called Duff's. Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn, right? Yeah, baby. Brooklyn, the whole Steel Panther. That's right. We're from California. California, yeah. (laughs) We're from Brooklyn Pizza, California. Woo! Well, Heavy Metal Rules is the new record. And I will admit, before I was into metal, I liked tennis. What were you guys into before metal? You said tennis? I said tennis. I love tennis. Still love tennis? Yeah, I do, I do. And I'll tell you what, let me tell you why I do. Because Under Agassi brought heavy metal back kind of into... <laughs> when, when Agassi was at his prime, I he think... He was rocking, right? Yeah. yeah. fucking Brooke Shields and Yeah, it's exactly what he was doing. <laughs> and he was, had he grew his hair out, yep. and, he, and he wore the colors, and he was very flamboyant, and it was just all about him. And that's what, that's what heavy metal is about. It's all about us right now. We wear flashy colors. We grow our hair out, and well, we consider us to be ourselves to be very successful, especially with this record. And as Andre Agassi was, um, until he started losing his hair, he lost his hair. He should have put a wig on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think about it. Like you start losing your hair, you think, what would Paul Stanley do? Right? What would Gene Simmons do? <laughs> right, exactly. Well, did you know it actually was a mullet wig that our uh, Andre Agassi was wearing? No, that's rad. Well, I good for him. That's good how you get pussy. It, see, chicks don't. As long as you look bitching, it doesn't matter what's on the inside outside. I got tons of makeup all over my face. You know what? When 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 I take this makeup off, luckily I'm still beautiful. But yeah. at the same time, you really are. Thank you so much. I mean, I noticed last night you took your makeup off and went up to the bar. Yeah. Watching the, the football game. Mm-hmm. Those switches are Googling over you. Well, I appreciate that very much. I, I mean, not 
Googling you, but they were like, <laughs> okay, as I say, because everybody's like, got a phone now, they can yeah. do that and find They're out like, who oh I really God, am. Who's that guy? Yeah, so cute. And you're like crazy. buying drinks for everybody. Yeah, well, I like to do that. It makes me feel better. You know what? If you ever want to go and get a free meal, just hang out with Lexi. Thank you so much. Because he loves hmm. to host, and he's the and best host in the because world. Because it gives you, it gives, it's all about me then. See. <laughs> 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 Gives you the ultimate control. Exactly. Yeah, you exactly. buy the coke, you control the masses. That's exactly what you do. So anyway, that's for you kids. <laughs> well, we'll come back to it. You last know what I was into kids. before heavy metal? What were you into? Cheeseburgers. Before? Like I was a cheeseburger connoisseur, and I would go to different places to try different cheeseburgers. And because my dad, when I was younger, used to bring me to this place to get cheeseburgers, and they were the best. So uh, thank God for uh, Five Guys because I love their burgers. Hey, let's have that for lunch. Five Guys. Yeah. Yes, it sounds great. You'll be close to a Five Guys when you go to Sirius XM later today. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. You uh -huh. can just do that on command. Teriyaki. I mean, <laughs> pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Teriyaki. Oh, speaking of that, they have teriyaki burgers? No, not at Five Guys. I mean, just a double cheeseburger, double hamburger, and hot dogs. All right. Well, we're going to have you. Cajun fries are killer, but you got to take Prilosec when you eat them. I, I, I just bought Prilosec. Did you really? As the older we get, the thing of it, too, the more you party. The more acid reflux you, yeah, you get, because you tend, tend to drink more because your liver gets used to it, and you have right. to keep consuming more, that just means you have to pay more attention to commercials and shit like that the older we get, really. Used to flip through them. Now we have to go, oh shit, I do have that. Yeah. I have that too. I remember like trying to just be relevant, and my dad used to say, you're not, you're not a liver. Michael, you're like an appendix. You're fucking useless. I'm like, Dad. Michael grew that's up in a, very, nice. in a very dysfunctional household, and I think we all, we all, right. we all do, and that's why we're in this band because you know, because we're able to get the things that we weren't getting as 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 child, as kids, and now we get all the attention and all the pussy we want. Right. I told my dad, I'm right. like, I'm more like a hammer. That's fucking useless. I'm not pounding nails, man. I'm fucking singing heavy metal, dude. Well, that all comes back to Heavy Metal Rules, which is an excellent, excellent album. But if we look at Thank the you. evolution of Steel Panther, you were a lot more synth-heavy on the first record, and now there's a lot of ballads on there. What inspired that? Well, Which record are you listening to now? The Heavy Metal Rules one? Heavy Metal Rules, the first two songs that you've put out. Oh, that has little some... keyboards. In. Well, you know, we still there's still keyboards, <laughs> just, just a different sound. Uh, right, you know, it's like, a heavier sound of keyboard we got. Yeah. Like uh, Fat Girl has uh, like more of a white snaky sound. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then fucking Party All Day has the Bon Jovi bon thing going on. Thing. But this one, I, this record, we really came into our own as musicians, right. songwriters, and as business partners. We also released this record all on our own. Yes. We paid for it all ourselves. Uh, my mom loaned us a bunch of money. And uh, we put it out. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So, you know. Well, I'd see, well, they, she, she didn't really loan us the money. I, I did some special favors for oh. his mom. Like, it, and it, that's what we keep so it in the family. Though. We keep it all, yes, it is a loan. We do have to, yes, we keep it it's, in the family. Like, he took advantage Lord. of my mom for a bit. We like, I like to take his advantage of, of, of his mom for a bit. Well, his She's, mom paid for all our costumes on Lower the Bar. Really? Yep. Yeah. And then we got to, and then with that, we got to, we had, we had, we got to rehearse in the garage for a while, and that's when we did our acoustic Live from thing, Lexi's garage. garage. Yeah. So we got to. His mom we, sucks amazing. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a lot of Can I say that? You can say that. Okay. Yeah. His mom yeah. sucks amazing dick. Thank And I'm used to it now, so now I take it. I wasn't, he I, likes first it too. I was a fence to it, and I'm like, thank you so much, because my mom, like when football teams came in town. Right. My mom, my mom would always to be found, right? No, nowhere to be found. And so she got straight, like, they always used to play, wherever football teams where my mom would just, 
she's she's talented. So now I take it. I don't take offense to it or defense football. Um, I, I don't take it. I don't take it offensive. I take it as a compliment. So they, it is. Before, it I really used to get is. mad when it's a compliment. Even if they were famous football so. players saying, "I fucked the shit out of you," I'd be very defensive and I'd be upset as you know as a kid. Yeah. Because the, the Dallas Cowboys came to town a lot, and, that, and this is back when me when um, when Ed Two Tall Jones was on the team. They had, wow. They had the. So that, yeah. That goes back. And Mean Joe yeah. Green when the Steelers came to town, he was Mean Joe Green in my mom's vagina. And do you remember that? Blitzburg all over the pussy. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. We talk about the Steel City. Woo! Oh, that shit hurts. God, 100%. Yeah. So, anyway. so if you were a tennis fan, and now apparently you were a sports fan, sports were a big part of your life before music took off, I, it's, I take it's, it. Exactly. I was a big football fan. Hmm. Me too. I, I know a lot of the players personally. It's just you're gonna let your imagination run, run wild. With that. But then something that you were just talking about, as you get older and probably a second, all that comes into effect. You guys look exactly the same as you did ten years ago and fifteen years ago. That's People, a big. That's a big deal. Botox. Botox. Yeah. And and and. and Yes, exactly. Faceless, all kinds of, like I said, you have to pay attention to the commercials the older you get. will make you feel a little better on the inside, which who really gives a shit unless you're spitting up, throwing up all over the place. But for the outside, there's all kinds of new techniques. There's ways to keep my hair. There's ways to keep my face afloat. Absolutely. Um, you know, so, so and I appreciate that, but it, it, it is a lot, it, it's hard work being in a heavy metal band. Remember, you gotta remember, it's not about what's on the inside, mm -hmm. it's what's on the outside that counts. Because that's what people see. Mm -hmm. you know, they don't really, like, we walk by in our costumes and stuff and they see what's on the outside. You know, if they sit and talk to you for a while, then you really have to work on the inside. But we just try to avoid that kind of contact. Yeah, exactly. You try to get away before they start to really see what an evil, wicked person you are and what you're, you have different motives is what it is yeah, motives. when they start to figure that out that i don't give a shit about anything else other than myself mm -hmm. then i try to get away michael will let me know he'll give me like a hand like a, a sports sign right or a game well, whatever we decide to it do that. also comes back to your football background right there and speaking of people look great on the outside uh tom brady looks good he definitely does. And he's winning all the time yeah. with his looks. Let me great. tell you something. You can have a shitty personality, but winning is a great deodorant. Exactly. Well, uh, yesterday uh, we saw Tom Brady won, but going back 10 or so years, I had the pleasure of seeing you guys at the House of Blues in Los Angeles, and Dane Cook came on stage and made you guys do Smooth Up In You, which you pulled up out of nowhere. Not really. Not really. I mean, we used to, we sound check with that song every now and then. Yeah, we do. It's a fun one. It's a, it's know? a it's an old go to. And he knew that we we liked him and I were talking. Was it you two? We were talking about fucking liking the Bullet Boys. Like, it wasn't you two. It was definitely Bullet Boys. <laughs> yeah, you two. No, that's not the right one. You know, I got I got to ask you something. That when, yes. One time I was and, and I don't know where it was, but um, I was at a bar. And and Bono and uh, and I used to visit there a lot. And Bono and the Edge came in. Okay. And I'm like, oh, because they 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 cause a ruckus everywhere they go, and I just go, oh, not you two again. <laughs> uh, that, that's a that was a good one. That was a live one, I'm presuming. Uh, but you two is not in the musical pantheon. They like in to terms fight. They like to fight and cause trouble for everybody. Yeah, they're more metal than you think. Are they? They're Irish, dude. Yeah, they're Irish. They always that's exactly, that's exactly right. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But keep it in mind, because you got to promote this new record because it's so great. It's the first one that you've entirely done on your own terms. Thank you. And, of course, you guys are headliners in your own right. So all the business is managed in-house. 
what led you to that decision? Because I know that you'd had a development deal with uh, National Lampoon once upon a time. Well, we uh, we partnered up with uh, Paul Gary Management, which is uh, Global Artist Management now. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, we were with him for five years, and he taught us everything we need to know to, to go do it ourselves. He's a great. He's, he's one of the managers that enables you to learn, mm -hmm. take it, and, and yeah. take it out, take the ball, and start your own sports team. You right. take the ball and put it on your own tee is basically what we did. And we're not kicking it off to any other fucking team anymore. We're, we're keeping that ball to ourselves. We're just going to let it sit on the tee as long as we want and keep it to ourselves. So, Because if you get the ball in somebody else's possession, that's a chance for them to score. Right. We have the ball the whole fucking time and don't drop the ball. We always score. We always fucking score. We become the big winners. I mean, we fumble it a few times. We yeah, pick we, it we, right we pick back. it right back up because if we if it's our side of the field, I, hey, I drop the ball, I'll have somebody else can pick it up. But if you kick it off and give the other chance a team, record label, I'm talking in sports, uh, this means, right. you know, yeah, that means sports. Yeah, air quotes. So um, we, we're just keeping the ball to ourselves this time and not turning it over. Not kicking it, we're not passing it. Gonna hold on to it, and I appreciate that you like the new record too. Like is an understatement. I would say love, and the first video that you put out, or was it the second video all that I you want, filmed in Vegas? All, that's exactly right. All I want to do is film myself tonight. Yeah. How long did that take to film? Uh, three days. It took. Three, it, four, it, five it, days. it took. Yeah, it took a while. It took a while to film. It took a while to put the makeup all over my body to make it. it, it, it to make it even visible. I got did a you, funny looking body. Did you see us on the? The semi driving around. Of Vegas. course. Okay, yeah. so we filmed that at like three in the morning. <laughs> so we, we, we shot all day, took a break, went to the hotel for a minute, I think, and then we got dressed and drove straight over to uh, the parking lot by the strip and then hopped on the semi, did a safety uh, test and class, and then we rocked it. And is there any place that you actually like to hang out in Vegas or do you just stay in the hotel? Strip clubs. Crazy Girls Three, dude. Crazy Girls Three. That's where Portia, Ginger, and Cinnamon hang out. And we, and you know what, too. Brittany's there. Brittany will go there. She she likes to float around between that and there's a place called Backstreets. And there's a, it's like a little dive bar, but that's where you find the hottest, hottest, beautiful girls. Is that the old strip or the off strip or? Uh, it's just off strip. Off strip. And then in terms of LA. For some of the readers and our listeners that are going to be checking this out, what are some of your favorite restaurants in Los Angeles? Well, uh, the Ivy is a great restaurant to go, but it's really kind of uncomfortable because it's kind of snooty. You get, you get your picture taken a lot of times yeah. when you go there, Michael. It's, it's pretty here. good. It's not that expensive. Like mm -hmm. For a cheeseburger, it's like 150 bucks. You know, it's so not a bad deal at all. Plus, and if you're promoting something... So Michael will go there, or I, I used to go there a lot, but I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't, I don't hassle. Don't you eat the taboo a lot? I like taboo. Yeah. I like taboo. I also like to go down to Malibu when the sun is, when the sun is just going down. I like moonshines a lot. Yeah. That's where some famous people get in trouble a lot. And I bet I saw that again. There's another place to go to. It's called the Rainbow. Oh sure. Yeah, it's right next that's, to the Ron's. That's good food. And you that's can good always, pizza. Ron Jeremy's always used. I had Ron next time you're there. But Maybe. didn't you say that if you hang out with Lexi, you get the free meals? That's why. That's how I know about the Ivy. He, yeah, I turned him on that. I didn't mean to because now. No, I'm like, let's go back to the Ivy. Yeah, and I can't say no to this guy. I have a problem with that. That's a little. Well, what did Nancy Reagan say? Just say no. Just say no. She right? fucking she fucked everything up for the yeah, kids. Yeah, she sure the fuck did. Well, so looking ahead, this great new album is almost out in the stores. Is it going to be a two-year world tour, or how far in advance do you know what's going on for Steel Panther? Uh, we're already booked all the way through June of next year, mm -hmm. and uh, we're going to continue on booking the rest of the year as this year 
the last quarter uh, comes to a close. And, uh, you know, it takes a couple of years to tour all the places that we can of tour. Course, so, of course. Um, Speaking of contour, this is, the lighting here is horrible, so I'm glad we're not going to be on, on camera. Like, I'm looking at myself going, fuck, I need more contour. Right. I, I think he looks fine. But Thank I you. bet you have to deal with that all day long, right? He does. Yeah, well, he you does. know what? One good thing about Lexi's makeup thing yeah. is that he always has a mirror. So whenever I need to look at, see if I have nose Even hairs. Even on stage, yeah, exactly. Air hair is growing. Will that be a merchandise item in the near future? You're a damn smart man. God, we should try. Yeah. You want to be on our management team? Absolutely. Fire when ready. You don't get the yeah. ball, but you No, can you don't get the ball, but we can talk to you still. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you ready? You ready? You just raise your hand when you're ready and I'll kick it. I'm just kidding. Talk time about out. yeah, exactly. Timeout. Time time we get as many timeouts as we want. Hand signals. Yellow too. card. You're out. Yeah, yeah. Air quotes. Uh, so, in closing, any last words for the kids? Uh, well, we it, again, heavy metal rules, and it, and it, it, it is an amazing record, and we're so so excited for our, our fans and our, our people that haven't heard of us. If this is the first record you listen to, it's it's, it's a damn good start. So yeah, and if your parents are like giving you a hard time and telling you like you need to do more chores around the house. Just do the chores and then go fucking party. Because mm -hmm. all you gotta do, like, let's say you throw your socks on the ground and your room's a mess and your mom walks in and goes, why are your socks on the floor? And then you don't do it, she comes back in, why are your socks on the floor? Clean up your whole room. If you just pick up the socks the first time, you don't right. gotta clean the rest of the fucking room. And you, yeah, and you get to do more shit. Yeah. And that shit would be listening to the new Heavy Middle Rules Heavy Metal Rules album, which oh. comes out December 28th. Does, I, no, before that comes out on the September 27th. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for your time. And we'll hey, stop there. those are great questions. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening to the Paltrowcast with Darren Paltrowitz on the Pure Grain Audio Network. More information on the Paltrowcast can be found online at www.puregrainaudio.com. Until next time, have a great Shabbos. Mm -hmm.